0: At the end of Chapter 3 into Trap a Tiger, Hamoni and Lily were talking about what Lily had seen on the highway. And Hamoni was going to help Lily try to understand because she believed in the same things that Lily believed in. So here we are in chapter 5. Let me tell you a story. The story. The tiger story. In case you are wondering, in case you are sitting, waiting, wanting. Long, long ago, when tiger walked like man, two little girls lived with their halmoni in a small vine covered cottage at the edge of the village at the top of a hill. They were sisters with long black braids, and they shared everything together, including a love of rice cakes. One day, the Halmoni went into the village to buy rice cakes for her girls, but a tiger stopped her as she walked home. He came out of nowhere as if he had jumped from the sky and stood right in front of her, blocking the path. You have something I want, the tiger said. Now, when a tiger wants something from you, it's very hard to escape. The best thing to do? Run. Don't talk to the tiger. Definitely don't listen. So the halmoni tossed him the rice cakes to distract him, and as he swallowed them whole, she ran. Delicious, the tiger cried. But if you give a tiger a rice cake, he's going to want something to go with it. More. Halmoni didn't get far. The tiger caught up and pounced in front of her, but Halmoni was out of treats, so he gobbled her up, swallowed her whole like a rice cake. The only thing left was her headscarf, floating gently to the ground. Still, the tiger wanted more. He wasn't satisfied. Tigers never are, but he was clever He took Halmoni's headscarf, and when he went to the little cottage days later, he wore it as a disguise. Knocking on their door, the tiger said, little girls, I am your Halmoni. I am locked out in the rain and cold. Let me in. He ran his claws against the walls of the house. Scritch, scritch, scritch. The little girls knew something was wrong. Their Halmoni's nails were never quite so long, never so dirty. Halmoni liked her manicures. But the girls missed their Halmoni so much. The tiger said, little girls, I have rice cakes for you, little treats for Unya, for eggy. The little sister wanted her halmoni so badly, and the tiger called to her, "'Trust me, little egg, believe!' So she ran to the front door and pulled it open. Eggie held her breath, waiting, and the tiger roared. Here is a lesson. Never trust a tiger. Eggie quickly realized the tiger was not her halmoni. Halmoni was not the roaring type. So the girls ran, and the tiger chased them across deserts and oceans, mountains full of snow and forests thick with rain. They ran and ran until the land just stopped. A deep pit of nothing stretched out in front of them. End of the world, end of the story. That is it, Unya cried. The tiger closed in on them. He was so hungry. Help, Eggie thought. She shut her eyes and begged the sky god, save us, please, please, please. To her surprise, the sky god talked back. Hmm, he said. Okay, fine, but tell me a story in exchange. Not even sky gods can resist a story. So Egi and Unya thought fast, and they told him a story. I don't think you'll be shocked to hear that the sky god saved the girls. Stories like these have happy endings. Just as the tiger leapt to swallow them, a magic rope fell from one end of the sky and a magic staircase from the other. Unya grabbed the rope and Eggy took the stairs and they climbed up and up and up until finally they were safe in the sky kingdom. There, the sky god told them they could stay with him forever, but they needed jobs. Living in the sky kingdom? It's expensive. So the older sister became the sun, and the younger sister became the moon. Unya was happy, but Egi cried. Everyone always stared up at the moon, and she didn't like that. She wanted to hide. So the elder offered to trade places. Don't worry, you can be the sun instead. Nobody can stare at the sun. Problem solved. They were happy again, and they took their places at opposite ends of the sky, safe forever. And the tiger? There he was, way back down on earth, asking to come up. But the sky god wouldn't listen. He didn't want to hear a tiger's story. So the tiger was banished. When I was little, when Halmoni told us this story year after year, I was always satisfied with the ending. I never wondered about the tiger. I never stopped to ask, what was the tiger's story? I never stopped to think, what would happen if the tiger came back? Chapter 6 I wake up sweating, sheets twisted, pillow damp, big creak, bed creaking. My stomach growls and I realize I'm desperately hungry for midnight kimchi, so I untangle my blankets and slip out of bed. As I tiptoe across the room past my sister, I beg the noisy floorboards to keep quiet. They don't listen. They whine under my feet. Still, Sam doesn't stir. I walk out of my room and down the stairs, gripping the railing, squinting in the dark, trying to see through the shadows. Something is weird about the shadows. They seem to dance and bend in front of me like they're cast by something I can't see. I rub my eyes and shake the sleep out of my head, and the shadows go back to normal. I creep down the stairs, past Halmoni's bedroom, past Mom sleeping on the couch. I tiptoe toward the kitchen, and then I stop. The boxes that were pressed up against the basement door have been shoved aside, leaving a clear path. I know Mom wanted to move the boxes, but I didn't think she cared enough to upset Halmoni. And anyway, she wanted to move the boxes over to the wall, not just a few inches to the side. Even weirder, the doors cracked open. An invisible weight presses against my chest, making it hard to breathe. Outside, tree branches blow in the wind, screeching against the windows and the basement door, seems to sway back and forth just a little. I creep closer to the door. Don't get me wrong, I've seen scary movies before. Sam and I used to watch them together, and even though I spent the whole time with my head buried in her shoulder, I know the rules. One, don't go into the basement. And two, definitely don't go alone. But this is different. This isn't one of those scary basements. Sam and I spent a lot of time playing in this basement whenever mom was gone. We would act out the stories Halmoni told us and invent fairy tales of our own. With all of Halmoni's old things, there was always something new to discover. That basement was my favorite place. And now it calls out to me. It tugs at my chest and I feel it somewhere deep inside, right behind my stomach. The wooden door is warm against my palm and it creaks when I push it open. I hold my breath, waiting, not sure if I'm afraid or excited. Nothing happens. I fumble for the light switch, which apparently doesn't work, so I go by the moonlight that spills in through a thin window at the top of the wall. The splintering wood prickles against my bare feet as I walk down the steps, and then I'm at the bottom. First, I'm relieved because the basement's empty. Then, I'm upset because it's empty. The basement is small, actually. It felt bigger when I was little. The room used to be a puzzle. How do you get from one end to the other? Which boxes do you climb over? What path do you take? Now, nothing. Nothing at all. Not even water even though Halmoni said the basement had flooded. I kneel on the floor and run my hand over the carpet. It's bone dry. Shouldn't it be damp? And shouldn't it smell? I don't know. Wet? Mildewy? The basement smells like it always has, dusty and full of memories, like the pages of an old book. I bite the inside of my cheek. Maybe I'm being paranoid, but none of this makes sense. If the basement never flooded, why would Halmoni move all her things? And why would she lie? A noise startles me, and I jump to my feet. It's a deep, groaning, animal kind of noise, and I stumble back toward the steps, tripping over my own feet. Fear nips at my toes as I run up the stairs, taking them two at a time, barely bothering to breathe until I'm out of the basement, door shut firmly behind me. I lean against the shut door and steady my breath and my wobbly legs. I should go to bed now. That's enough for one night and I've lost my appetite. I hear the noise again, and now I realize it's coming from the bathroom. The door hangs ajar, and I linger in the dark, peeking in. And inside the bathroom, I see a shadow beast, a mess of black scales, hunched over and heaving. It growls and moves like all its bones are broken. My heart freezes over, but then the shadow slips away, and it's not a beast At all, it's halmoni and something's wrong.